0: This is the Discuss Metal podcast with Eric Shirey of the Caron Collective hosted by Dan Terry presented by discussmetal.com What is up everybody? My name is Dan and you are listening to the Discuss Metal podcast or maybe you're watching it cuz we're doing this live. And uh, I can't wait to have this talk tonight. I am sitting down with Mr. Eric Shirey of the Caron Collective. How are you doing tonight, man?
1: I'm doing great. Just hanging out, ready to talk to you in my wife's uh, awesome cookie bakery office.
0: It certainly looks are, cozy.
1: Oh, it is very cozy. This is actually both of our offices. Uh, but okay. as, you, as you can see, she gets this wall. My wall is yeah. over here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you can see what I've done to my walls uh, behind me. I need to get more posters. My, right. my final goal is so that you can't see any of the wood grain behind it anymore. Uh, <laughs> it's just covered in posters, movie posters, comic book posters, video game posters, you name it.
1: Right. Mine is a Star Wars poster, some signed Star Wars stuff, and Kiss pictures, because I'm a huge fan of Kiss. It's pictures of me with Kiss. So. Okay, that's awesome. Yes. Yeah, so
0: pretty cool. You'll have, to, you'll have to shoot some pictures of that and, and and send them to me. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've met him a few times. Okay, go ahead. No, <laughs> you're fine. Me, don't get me started on that, man. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. Well, uh, if we ever get, if we ever get
0: around to talking about kiss on the disc- on discography discussion, we might, uh, we might need some input from an expert. So
1: <laughs> right, <on>. yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll
0: get there eventually. We'll get there. Everybody's like, when are you guys doing a kiss episode? I'm like, I, you know, we'll, we'll get around to it. I'm just not overly familiar with kiss. I don't hate them, but I don't know enough about them to love them either. So it's like, right. I'm looking at having to do a solid two to three months worth of listening to the records and, you know, writing down my feelings about each thing and all that. So Right, but yeah, uh, the reason—oh, go ahead. I was to say, yeah, they've been around a while. <laughs> yeah, uh, the reason I called you on tonight is just because uh, you've got a lot going on uh, as, as of recently. You just got back from Furnace Fest, which I'm super jealous of. You're the first person that I've talked to, talked to at least out loud, uh, that has been to the fest, and I saw all your pictures. And I tried avoiding Facebook for most of the most of that weekend because I was so bummed out <laughs> that I wasn't there. But, uh, I I guess the only question I have for you is, are you still sore?
1: Um,
0: actually kind of,
1: yeah. My right leg being that I'm 49 is a little wore out from the, from the, the goings on. Um, I can tell you that I did not think that I'd be as sore as I was. (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah. Thursday, when I got back Friday night, I was sore from walking, but when I woke up Saturday morning, man, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I truly am old." I mean, it was like, I was like, "Holy crap, man. My legs were killing me. My uh, buddy who came with me, we were walking like we had broken legs or something." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I man, it was crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm getting over it. Yeah. Yeah. I I would
0: imagine just the amount of walking alone, even if you, even if you're not like in mosh pits or anything, just walking from one stage to the other stage looked exhausting from the videos that I was watching.
1: Yeah, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't too bad. I think it was the standing more than anything. Like, cause I just watch shows. I'm too old to be doing all that crazy stuff now. Um, so I would just stand in the back and watch the shows and, um, that wears on you, I think, worse than the walking. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, just stand in yeah. some um, Yeah, your body's like either move or sit down. Yeah. Right. Now, the stages, they really weren't that far apart. They weren't as far apart as they appeared to be. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it would be a good couple of minutes walk, I guess, from one to the other. Sure. You know.
0: Yeah, but I yeah. feel that. I'm flashing back to Cornerstone, and I wasn't even old then.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, I'm familiar with that experience too, man. Believe me,
0: <laughs> 130 degree or 110 degrees outside. And you're like wearing little shorts and you know, yep. back then I could get away with no shirt. Uh, <laughs> right.
1: Well, yeah. And not don't let's not forget that. Of course it had to rain the day before. Oh, of course. So it's like, yeah. So it's 130 degrees and it feels like you're in a jungle. <laughs> yeah. Oh yep. man. Yeah. I well, remember those exciting. days. Well, it sounds
0: exciting, so I'm going to I'm going to jump in a little bit to it. I actually want to get into um a little bit of, a little bit of history. Now, I do feel obligated to say that Eric has been on my buddy Brian Patton's podcast as the story grows um where he talked about kind of uh the history of Pluto records and, 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 you know, forming that label and all that. So I'm not going to get into every single part of that entirely. Cause there's, and there's a whole other podcast you can go listen to <laughs> that has uh, that has that story. But uh, the thing that I found interesting is when the Karen collective, Karen collective, not Karen collective, um, that's fine. <laughs> the, um <laughs> the new label, uh, you know, has kind of, uh, has, has, it seemed to just kind of spring up out of nowhere. And I, uh, I was curious as to what got you into wanting to do a record label again.
1: Oh, um, man for like 15. No, it was longer than that. Cause it was before I was married, uh, for about 18 years, uh, no, I guess it was about 15 because I was doing band management for a while with like Society's Finest and God yeah. and all those guys. Um, I just got fried, man. I was done, and it just didn't feel like there was anywhere to go, um, as far as like where I wanted to go. And, um, I just stopped, I stopped doing it, and honestly, was not into music, didn't really follow anything for almost 15 years. Oh, wow. And, um, I started doing movie stuff, uh, started doing a movie site. I interviewed a lot of actors and stuff, uh, over the years, um, started doing that. And then in, uh, I guess it was 2019, I was scrolling around. Well, no, actually, yeah, it was before that Brian Patton interviewed me and yeah. And that made me start to kind of do a little, do a little, uh, re-educating on what's happening, (laughs) like what's happening in the scene now. So I started listening to some new stuff, started looking around. I listened to Brian's podcasts with uh, people that, you know, I basically worked with and grew up with 20 years ago, you know, and was just amazed. I was like, Whoa, man. I was like this stuff that I was involved in that long ago actually means something to somebody. You I mean, he, he treated it like he was like, like some kind of reverence, you know, he he was reverent of it. And he was like, wow, you know, this, you guys, you mean something. So that kind of was like, wow, okay. I guess, I guess I was part of something that I didn't really realize, you know? So he got me involved in that. And then, uh, I was online looking around for new music and stuff. And I ran across, uh, one of my old bands called the Bumpa Sounds. It was an, and it was an industrial project that I did with a guy named Neil, uh, oatmeal was his nickname. And (laughs) he was, he was the bass player for one of the bigger death metal bands in the nineties and the eighties. Uh, they were called red ink. They were out of Houston. And, uh, when I met him, he was into industrial. So we started doing work together. Uh, we started doing industrial stuff together and then the guys from D got involved and. Blah blah blah. I don't even know if you know who Deedophobia is, man. I do. I believe yeah. it
0: believe it or not, I actually do. I had a um I bought a tape. I think it was like god, what was it called? It was something it was called something weird, like Donderfliegen or flagging or something.
1: Oh wow, man. So you have the legit stuff from
0: way back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I found it in a used bin. You'll, you'll, you'll come to find that I'm a little bit of a poser when it comes to that stuff. Like a lot of the stuff that I found over time, I didn't find back in the day when it was relevant.
1: I found it way later, well, <laughs> but yeah, Wally and Brent from Dita I went to high school with Wally. Okay. And when, and then when I got out of high school. I got hooked up with him again because I was into industrial stuff and he was basically the only Christian industrial stuff out there. Right. And, uh, when I saw it, I was like, wait a minute, man, I went to school with that dude. (laughs) So I like, I just started hooking up with him and stuff and we, he'd give me tapes of like the original mortal stuff and circle of dust, like four track recordings. And it was awesome. But yeah, so I started doing that and, um, I found somebody posted it on YouTube, and I was like, "Whoa, man! Why is somebody posting my music on YouTube?" Yeah. So I found out. So I found out it was Matt from uh, Retroactive Records, which is basically the Rhino Records of the Christian industry. Right. He puts yeah, out, yeah, reissue everything. Yeah. 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 They do Tourniquet and everything. Well, I contacted him. He's like, "Hey, man, I want to put out your old stuff," and I was like, right. "Okay." <laughs> Sure. So I said, I have another band called Primary Sensor that came after that. That's way better than this stuff. And he was like, well, let's put it all together on one CD. Um, okay. But yeah, there was so much of it that it's actually a two CD set. Oh wow! So, so he ended up putting it out. And uh, that also fueled that re-entry into my music world. And uh, now I'm actually doing music in a band called Alar. It's okay. me, it's me and the original guitar player from my old band. And, um, every song we kind of get like a guest or somebody to play on it. And, uh, the last song just came out, on um, the, into the furnace comp and, um, it has Arthur on it from living sacrifice. He played bass on it. Oh, that's super um, cool. Yeah. And, and then you're singing, uh, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I do the vocals if that's what you want to call them. Sure. Um, right. and, <laughs> and, uh, the first song we did was with, um, oh, my gosh, Jason. Jason Wisdom. Okay. from Yeah, from Death Therapy. He played bass on that song and did some keyboard stuff on it as well. That's cool. Um, so, yeah, man, I mean, we just try to have a little fun with it and everything. I mean, we're never going to play live. I live here, and my buddy pl- lives in uh, San Marcos now, so or New Braunfels. Not are going to play at Furnace Fest 2022, right? no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but yeah, I've known him since he was like 15. <laughs> so I mean, okay. we've known each other forever. But uh, yeah, that long story short, which is, I guess is too late for that, um, is Brian Patton and Matt Hunt are to blame for all this. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and I've t- and I've told him. I've told Brian that a couple of times. I said, "Dude, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be doing this again." Because, I mean, his interview, like, totally sparked, re-sparked my interest.
0: Well, and that's kind of a question that I was going to ask, too, was that, you know, if you're out of music for such a long time, and I feel like you kind of already answered it, but, you know, were you surprised at how how many people still cared, even about even about those old bands and, and the old label? And <clears throat> I know some of the bands are still around, but, like, um, was it surprising to you that people would, like, take a, a vested interest in being like, no, tell me the history of this?
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, man, I was totally unplugged. I mean, I, I was. I mean, I didn't even listen to like a lot of new stuff. I yeah. listened to you know the stuff old people listen to, the stuff they listened to when they were kids, you know, sure. or when yeah. I was growing up. Um, I mean, I still had that same respect for you know living sacrifice and the crucified and Metallica's early stuff. And uh, I want to stress that their, their early stuff. <laughs> um, just <laughs> flat. Um, the Beatles, Kiss, uh, the Beach Boys. There was a period where I was way, way deep into the Beach Boys, man. Um, just read like discovering all their stuff. Um, but yeah, man, it, it blew me away. And I mean, Brian's podcast is really what did it. I mean, when we were listening, I would listen to like the ones from Embodiment, Zao, um you know, just those old bands. Cause I mean, dude, I, I booked those bands. I mean, when I was in Austin, I was a booking agent in Austin and I booked shows all over. I booked them at the back room, which is about to have a documentary released. It's legendary. Um, It was like the metal hotspot through the eighties and nineties. But yeah, I would book shows there. I book shows at my church. I mean, dude, I booked POD at my church, 75 kids, maybe. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it was like way, way, way back in the day, man. Uh, Like even before Brown hit, I think the first time they came was before Brown even hit. Um, And then I know the second time was right after it came out. Okay. But um, yeah, I'd have them come out. I'd have uh, MXPX, uh, Slick Shoes, all those dudes. So when I'm listening to this podcast and they're talking about all this old stuff, I'm going, whoa, I was there for that. And I right. was there for that. And, and and I was there for that. <laughs> and then I'd see like videos of Zayo at Cornerstone and I'd be like, I'm standing behind the camera. <laughs> I'm <laughs> right. like, I-, I was at this show, man. This is crazy. You know, yeah. and it was just, it just totally just blew me away that like anybody cared, you know, and yeah. that anybody, you know, had any respect. And then when I would talk, when he interviewed me about it and I could tell that. He cared, like he really wanted to know stuff. I was like, "This is crazy." Okay, I, I yeah. guess I was part of something that is way bigger than I thought I was, or that bigger than I thought it was. I don't want to say I thought I was. Sure, you know. Yeah.
0: I think that yeah, it's interesting because it, it. I had the same reaction whenever I whenever I reached out to the Travail guys uh, a while back. When I was like, "Hey, I'd love to interview your band or whatever," and I remember Matthew was like, "Nobody wants to hear you talk to us for, <laughs> you know, however long." And I was like, "Dude, you would you would be surprised because like on discography discussion, we cut our teeth talking about old bands. You know, we 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 had a dude come up to us one time um, that was local to us and be like." You guys are the only people I know that talk about embodiment, (laughs) you know, or talk about society's finest or talk about like a lot of these old bands. And it is it is shocking to me to see that people think that, you know, nobody cares because I realized that was a really small scene at the time. But I think what happened is it blew up, you know, when when Brian Patton calls you up and asks, you know, tell me about the history of Pluto Records you're like, what, you know, why would anybody care? Well, because a lot of the biggest bands that are out there now, at least in this type of music, uh, ha, you know, ha, had their start there. And it was at a time when everything wasn't super documented. It was, you know, before it was before social media, there's not tons and tons of articles and YouTube videos and stuff to go out and,
1: and, and get right. that history. Right. Yeah, man. I mean, I was blessed. I mean, seriously. And at the time I didn't even know, You know, I just, we were just, I was just doing what I love doing, man. You know, me and Brian, Brian was my buddy, you know, and he liked the same stuff and we were cool. You know, we just wanted to do stuff and have fun with it. And it kind of took on a life of its own, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, man, I mean, it it blows me away too. And I'm absolutely beyond flattered that anybody cares, (laughs) you know, Um, but yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. My, my, yeah. And my, my resounding answer to that is more people care than, um, than you would expect, you know? Yeah. Um, a lot of us are, a lot of us are just now making those connections, you know? Well, a lot of that stuff was going on that early history. I remember being kind of a youth group kid and, you know, every now and again, you'd get a release or you'd get a, you'd get an album from, you know, like I remember getting that travail album that was after they'd signed to the big label or whatever. Um, I forget what that label was Metro
1: Metro Vox
0: Metro, which
1: was yeah. Which was a, which was like an alternative subsidiary of Metro one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I remember getting that album and then that like got me into heavier stuff. And it was, it's funny kind of, kind of looking back and being like, Oh wait, hold on. Uh, You start seeing some of the names and, and, and the, the name of that label Pluto records behind things. And you're just like, wait a minute, this is all, you know, like this is like some kind of spawning ground for like bigger bands. Um, and that's just, uh, but yeah, so, so I think that there, there's a lot of people out there that maybe are, are big fans of like Norma Jean or, or fans of uh, fans of Azaleigh dying and things like that. It's just being like, oh, wow, it's really cool. I think I've still got the, uh, I think I've still got the Plua records. Um, it's the Travail and Ludacris split. Oh, really? Yeah. Which was super cool, dude. Somebody um,
1: was selling that. I swear, somebody was selling that for like a hundred bucks on eBay. Which is, I'm sure insane. It. Yeah. It's insane. And then the other day, um, somebody posted, and uh, it might have been the Furnace Fest group. Somebody posted a picture of that split that they yeah. found in good, that they found in Goodwill, <laughs> and I'm That's just amazing. like, I was like, what, man? <laughs> so, and and they were, I, they they were. Way far away, I'm pretty sure, you yeah. know, like from here. So that's kind of cool, you know. But yeah, I mean, man, when we started, I mean, we just wanted to help our friends. Right. You know, I mean, we wanted to help travail and we wanted to help, uh, you know, I worked for Embodiment. I was doing like, I guess I try to say co management because Mark had a lot to do with stuff too, but we were like booking stuff and, you know, just kind of working together on stuff. Um, yeah. But the label came about just because I, at first I was working with a guy out of uh, Louisiana named Chris Hicks and um, he wanted to do some stuff and I knew the band. So I was like, well, why don't we do it and we'll distribute it. And sure. uh, so we did those first two, we did kill ratio, which was just a band of dudes from De- Austin that I liked. And yeah. um, they were kind of like, uh, I hate God. And uh, I guess, Kind of warlord neurosis, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that like sludgy, you yeah. know, sort of, yeah, heavy stuff. Yeah. yeah and, I, and I just loved him. I loved him because I loved that stuff and it just seemed it, I liked it. Um, and then he was a big fan of Society's Finest. Uh, Chris was. And um, he wanted my help to promote it and distribute it and stuff. And I said, okay, that's cool, you know. So basically, the label was Fury 161 slash or distributed by Pluto Records. Okay. Um, But after a couple of releases, it seemed apparent that maybe we should just do this ourselves <laughs> because, and nothing against Chris, it was just that me and Brian were together. Like we were right. in the same, we were in the same place, you know? So we decided we're going to do a label. Yeah. And so we started, I sold the store because it was originally a store. Yeah. Um, we sold the store, uh, and everything with it, you know, like the merchandise and everything, and then funded the label, starting with that, and um, that's how that started.
0: So whenever we're, you know, let's, we'll, I, I'm jumping around a lot here. I'm sorry, I apologize. Oh no, but, that's fine. <laughs> uh, with the uh, w- with starting the Karen Collective, I keep saying Karen like it's an E N, Karen Collective. <laughs> I'm it's sure right, Joe man. will fix this in editing, right, Joe? Uh, um but uh you know it's my fault
1: new- for picking that.
0: Yeah, no, you're fine. <laughs> I just have to remember Charon
1: Collective, not not you Andy collective. You've got yeah, you gotta say it like a, a like a Norse god. Charon. Charon Collective yeah, presents yeah, there you go. yeah.
0: So if you ever need a commercial, I can do that for you. There you go. Um, oh. But with the new label, like how does one, I mean, after being unplugged for, for such a long time, how does one go about just kind of starting up the idea again? Because, I mean, by the time you've come back, everything's changed. <laughs> like, oh. literally, the the, the the distribution method has changed. I would even go as far as to say that people's attention spans have changed. And oh, just the entire definitely. approach of everything. So, what... Uh, w- what did you feel like that you needed to like get used to or kind of get updated on as far as uh, doing this sort of thing? I know you've got kind of a focus on physical media too.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I'm going to be honest with you, man. That's like, <sighs> without sounding like a showman or something, or like a <laughs> like a snake oil salesman. Yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of the kind of my niche shtick thing. That's like my gimmick. Okay. because I go to these bands and most of them don't know how to do it or they don't right. care to do CDs. And I'm just like, dude, let me put it out, man. Somebody still buys CDs. Let me put them out. They're special editions or, you know, that's what I, you know, I mean, Sure. and they're special if nobody else has them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if somebody wants it, they can buy it. If not, whatever, you know? Right. So, I mean, Um, it was an easy way for me to get back into it without having to sweat the way that Brian and I did with Pluto. Sure. Um, because Pluto was, was like the real deal, man. I mean, (laughs) yeah, not that, I mean, not that I'm belittling what I'm doing now, but I call when people ask me what I'm running now, I tell them it's a, it's a mini label (laughs) (laughs) because it ain't, it ain't Pluto, dude. Pluto was the real deal, man. That was like, you know, distribution, make sure this is done. Make sure you got this done, blah, blah, blah. You know? And it was, it was a completely different animal. Um, and I give a lot of props to Brian because really Brian was the businessman behind, behind Pluto. I was the A and R face you know, because right. I knew the bands and I could bring, you know, I, I kind of helped with that stuff and doing A&R stuff. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, it's totally different. It's yeah. totally different. And, um, I knew it was because that's one of the reasons why I got out of it is sure. because I, cause I could read the writing on the wall, man. I mean, you know, there was, it just, things weren't the same. And, um, as the, Streaming and MP3s and all that stuff started coming up. I was like, there ain't no money in this. And and I didn't mean it like that. Like I I didn't mean that I was trying to make a living at it because I I worked the whole time. Sure. You know, you know, but there was like for me, it was like, man, how, how are we gonna keep doing this when it's switching gears? Um, so yeah, I just I got out of it because I just for a lot of reasons the bands were driving me insane. I won't say, I won't say any names, but you know who you are. (laughs) Um, They were, they were driving me insane. And, you know, I had a new family and I was just like, I got to get out of this, man. (laughs) Yeah. So I just got out of it. The reason I got back into it or I decided to do a label again is because the overhead is different now and there's different ways to do things with manufacturing that there wasn't back then. Sure. Um, it's an it's an easier world now. And uh, as far as that goes, you know, like yeah. CD pressing and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, basically the way I treat it is, is when I put somebody's CD out, they're getting my press skills as well. My A&R skills. Sure. Because I mean, every release I do, man, gets promoted to like the PRP, Lamb Goat, Sometimes they pick it up. Sometimes they don't. They've picked up some, they've picked up hope deferred stuff. Um, they picked up something else too. That was like way off. I was like, why in the world did they pick this up? Like out of everything. And not that the band's not good. I can't remember who it was, man. It was like inborn tendency or it was the scarlet oath, but it was like, just, it was one of the, one of the smaller bands that I'm working with. And it seemed like Lamgo, not Lamgo, the PRP or somebody just out of the blue were like, yeah, we'll promote this one. (laughs) So you just, you never know, man. I mean, you just, you never know what they're going to pick up and what they're going to be interested in. Sure. Um, But yeah, that's kind of the way that I pitch myself to bands is, you know, hey man, I want to put your CD out. I'm going to promote you though as well, you know, and I'm going to help you with that. Um, But yeah, my goal and I know that I'm going off on a tangent, You're man. Fine. My goal—I got, I got nothing going on tonight, so we're all good. right. <laughs> my goal with the label is seriously, man. If I had my way, every single band out there with any kind of clout would—I'd put their stuff out. Sure. I don't. I don't try to own their stuff. I don't try to take their digital distribution. I don't try to do any of that, man. All I'm trying to do is help them be involved and just help them to do something different that they're not doing. Um, because whether the world wants to admit it or not, and I know I'm probably going to make myself sound like an old cranky man, but dude, CDs sound better than, MP, <laughs> than MP3s. They sound better than whatever, waves or whatever. They, they do, man. That's just the way it is. And I know that a lot of kids, there are a lot of kids out there that still buy them, And they collect them and, you know, that's cool, whatever, you know, I mean, it's, it's, that's what I do because it's a shtick. It's something that nobody else is really doing anymore, you know? Um, but yeah, I would work with everybody, man. I mean, I've approached bands and they'll, they're like, no, no, we're not interested. And I'm just like, you're not interested in what man? (laughs) Right. I'm not, I'm not asking for anything. I just want to put your CD out, dude, Right. <laughs> you know, cause I love them. I, you know, I hear these bands and I'm like, man, you guys are incredible. You know, I just, I want to help you promote. And, uh, I want to put your stuff out on CD because that's my shtick. That's my gimmick thing. You know, that's my thing that I do. And, um, yeah, believe it or not, dude, I've had bands tell me no. And I'm just like, okay.
0: <laughs> well, I can you understand know? that to a certain <laughs> degree though, because like you're legit. But I, I know just from being in bands and even doing the podcast, I can't even tell you the amount of people that reach out all the time and are like, "Hey, I can help get you da 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 da." And nine out of ten times it's a scam. So, like you're legit. They just don't know that you are, you know, right, uh,
1: right. Well, I hope that I'm building a name. I hope that I'm, you know, trying to encourage them because I mean, I'm working with a lot of the guys that are kind of, part of the foundation of what's going on in the independent metal and hardcore world. Um, you know, and I, you know, I just try to treat the bands right, dude. And I try to, you know, my whole goal is that I want, I want them to want to work with me. Sure. And I want to have a relationship with a man like, uh, Arthur from, uh, which Mm. I don't know if you've heard of them or not, but, um, Mm. they're one of the bands on my label. Okay. Uh, but they're like a doom black metal type, you know, nice orchestral type thing. Yeah. And that's, well, I'll talk about that later, but uh, he's my art guy, man. And okay. he, I love him. The dude's awesome. I've never met him in person ever. <laughs> I've never met the dude in person, man, but we work awesome together and yeah. Uh, yeah. he does great art and that's the kind of relationship I want to have with every band. I want to have a relationship where I can talk to him and say, "Hey man, let's do this. Hey man, let's do this. You want to do that, blah blah blah." You know.
0: Yeah, 100%. That's awesome. Are you uh well, speaking of the bands. Uh let's uh let's do a band rundown. Um mm-hmm. because I'm sure there's there, I know I know that there's a lot of interesting things that you're working on that I don't necessarily know if everybody else knows. Um. So let's yeah. Let's do a let's do a band rundown. What are the bands on the label, or not, or bands that you're? It's hard to explain because like it, you know, I don't want to say bands on the label because then it sounds like
1: you know whatever. I um, that's how I approach it because whether or not they've signed anything with me, yeah, I treat that's how I treat them. I treat them like they're like they're on my label. Gotcha. Okay. You know? That's so yeah, you can say that. I it doesn't matter. Okay. Doesn't well let's anymore.
0: do a let's do a rundown of the bands that are on the label and which bands you are excited about. I mean, I'm sure you're excited about all of them, or they wouldn't
1: we wouldn't be talking about. <laughs> right. Right. Um, well, just to give a little background. <laughs> I started this whole thing in April and May. Right. Uh, or maybe March. And I started out saying, Okay, I'm gonna do something when I'm interested. Sure. And about a month later, I was like, okay, I'll do one every couple months. Right. And then a month later, I was like, okay, maybe I'll do one every month. And now I've got 10 releases already <laughs> 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 since March. And nice. and I've got three or four more before the end of the year. So, yeah, I mean, it's... It, definitely took on a life of its own so you're you're
0: I, back in you're back in it oh, dude, I'm,
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the thick of it man i'm like way deep in the thick of it like i was at furnace fest like hustling download cards and cds and talking to people so i mean believe me i was it's i'm I'm in the thick of it again for sure um the first band that i worked with do you want me to how do you want me to? do you really yeah, want just, me to run them down like that we, can, we can run them down
0: yeah i mean there's oh, not, okay. you know there's not a hundred releases, so you no, know, it's not no, going to no. take
1: all, you know, all night. Honestly, Hope Deferred is what really kicked it all off because I've known Andy for decades. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, he's always been a favorite guitar player and I love those guys, man. Uh, Mark was my best man in my wedding. Um, and I've just, I've just always loved embodiment. I mean, since I heard their three song demo, same. I was sold. Yeah. You know, I was like, "Dudes, are they could be huge," you know. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it started with that. Uh, I had ran into Andy uh, in 2000, the end of 2019, right before the COVID blow up. Yeah, um, it was actually the weekend of the COVID blow up. Mm. Um, Living sacrifice came to town, and they were playing the Hasten Revelation kickoff show uh-huh. with like. A, a, Crimson Thorn and taking the head of Goliath. That's
0: right. I remember
1: that tour. Yeah. 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 Uh, Abated Mass of Flesh. Um, Yeah. A lot of those dudes, but Living Sacrifice came down. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go see this because I haven't seen those dudes in like 15 years. Right. So um, I went ahead and went and uh, it was awesome. Great show. Uh, Andy was there and we just started talking and I was like, dude, your new stuff is awesome. And, uh, he goes, thanks man. You know, it's, it's actually about five years old <laughs> doing, the, like, doing the band guy thing. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, okay. I said, so that stuff's five years old. And he goes, yeah, he goes, I'm not really doing anything with it right now. So, uh, i left the show and about a year later, it was in March. Yeah. I basically texted Andy out of the blue or I emailed him. I was like, Hey dude, I want to start doing stuff again in music and I want to work with you. Yeah. And I want to put out hope to Ferd's EP. Yeah. And, uh, honestly, I didn't think he was going to let me do it, man. Yeah. I just, I just didn't, I I didn't think he'd be interested, you know? Um, he texted, he emailed me back like five minutes later and was like, I'm, I'm all in. Absolutely. Let's do it. (laughs) There you go. And I was like, I was like, Whoa, man. Okay. (laughs) So that basically kicked it all off. Um, so, yeah, I've did, I did the Hope Deferred two song EP. There's a lot of people that are asking where the third song went. The lyrics of the third song were not where Andy is anymore. <laughs> so he kind of felt like he, so he didn't, decided to can it. Yeah, he kind of said, nah, I don't want to, I'm not going to put that out on something. And I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, yeah. so he did that. I just put the two songs out because I knew people would buy it. I mean, if they wanted it, you know, if sure. they wanted it physically, they would buy it. Yeah. Um. So I threw out, it's like four bucks. You know, I figured, yeah, you know, that's four bucks. What is that for a CD? That's cool, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we did that. And then um, the next thing I popped up was uh, a band called His Kingdom Suffers. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm looking at my CDs over here yeah you are fine. and uh it's kind of a i would i kind of consider them to be deathcore. it's a one man mm-hmm. it's a one man band and uh he's incredible yeah. uh he's a he's a great singer he's a great drummer um and he's a real drummer uh, he's not like it's not programmed it's real drums that's awesome. um now I'm sure that he syncs them afterwards or cues them or whatever sequences them or whatever sure but um he plays all the instruments, and um, yeah, he's solid, man. And he's a solid Christian guy, which I'll, I guess I'll get this out of the way. That's one of the main stipulations with what I'm doing now is that I want all the bands I'm working with to at least be on some type of spiritual Christian wavelength. Um, gotcha. I'm, I'm not saying that they have to sing about it. Uh, I'm not saying that they have to necessarily be a preaching band or anything like that, because I I, I mean, because if you look at the way that I market stuff, I absolutely do not market stuff like that. Yeah, I just I don't. Um, But yeah, so he's pretty he's very, very Christian lyrically, but I just thought it was good. I was like, man, this is good stuff. Let's start with this dude. You know, he had a full length already. Um, so yeah, that one I did, and then I did uh, Scarlet, this the guys from uh, The Beckoning and Scarlet Oath, which are basically the same band. Yeah. Um, they got a hold of me, and I listened to some of their stuff, and I was like, okay, this is this is different, this is kind of cool because it was like, uh, it's more goth oriented. Yeah. It's kind of a that very
0: much either. Yeah. Kind of that scene anymore.
1: Right. Right. And, and they're smart, like lyrically they're smart. And, um, the music is symphonic and it's a, there's a girl singer that does operatic vocals and it was kind of out of my wheelhouse, but I was still like, I'm into this. I dig this. Okay. Let's do this. So, uh, yeah, I put out Scarlet oath next. um, and then, oh, yeah. Then I had from uh, previous interviews, I'd spoke with Zach from Abated Mass of Flesh. Okay, yeah. And kind of dug into their like his history, like musical history. And man, that dude is like a machine. He puts out a new seven-inch or not seven-inch. He puts out like a new seven-song EP like every six months. Oh
0: yeah. If you go to their, if you go to their band camp, it's filled with releases. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah. man. And it's not all abated. It's like abated. I destroy. I, uh, what's the other one that they just did? Uh, I don't know, man, but he's got like a thousand different bands, but they put him out. Like he puts new music out, like every six months, it's like seven songs and every single one of them are quality. Yeah. Every one of them. And so I was studio. Yeah, he does. Yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, he's okay. got his own studio. and uh, But yeah, so I talked to him and I was like, hey, dude, I, I want to put out all the old Abated Mass of Flesh stuff. Yeah. If it hasn't been pressed on CD, I want to do it. Yeah. And he was like, well, a lot of that stuff's been put on CD, but I've got a live album that we never did on CD. You want to do that? I said, I'll take anything, dude. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah because Abated Mass of Flesh are awesome. Yeah. I mean, they're great musicians and they're good at what they do. Um, and they tour. Well, they tour sometimes. Yeah. They tour sometimes. They haven't started yet, but, um, you know, they will. I'm sure they'll start doing it again. Um, And then Yonova, which is like symphonic black metal, doom metal type stuff. And uh, that's a guy from Lithuania. Okay. And a guy from, well, that's Arthur from um, Tallahassee. Okay. Wait, Mm Nashville, Tennessee? Isn't Tallahassee in Tennessee? I think so. <laughs> okay. Well, either way, he's in Tennessee. Um, <laughs> he's in Tennessee. Yes, it's in Tennessee. I, I believe it's in Tennessee. Okay. I want to okay. say it's
0: Florida, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right, too. I think I'm off, but yeah. um, he's in Tennessee. They're, yeah. It's they definitely both...
0: Florida now that I think about it. Yeah.
1: Right. Sorry. And I, so yeah, I got them and then found out that he had quite a bit of history with society's finest. And with a lot of the older bands, because he's an older guy, and um, his band would play with him. Their name was Red Winter Dying. Okay. And I'm actually about to put out their CD that they did in 2003. Oh, because cool. uh, And um, it's more, when you hear it, it's definitely of that time. It, yeah. sounds, it sounds like Early Hope's Fall, Society's Finest. It's right my um, yeah yeah it's re- and it's really solid. um but yeah, man the, the I uh picked jo- Yonova up and then the beckoning, which is Scarlet Oath. It's the same guys. they just one's more gothic than the other one, Like That's it's it. a little more goth rock so Gothier felt, than thou? no, yeah, so they needed they wanted to split that up. um and then Eonia, which I would suggest uh people who were into like periphery and stuff. I think we dig Eonia, uh, maybe new hopes fall. Um, nice. Yeah. So
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: And then I put out Lazarus complex because Lazarus complex, I interviewed them as well and I liked them and I thought I was like, man, these dudes, these are cool guys, man. You know, I, I kept talking to them and their music was cool. Uh, they actually did a single with Stu block Okay. From, uh, from Into Eternity and Iced Earth. Oh wow. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, that, that was crazy. that was their yeah, that was the single that I released for the album. Um they're I would consider them to be Deathcore. Yeah. Uh, like Thy Art is Murder Whitechapel, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, what else? I got an album coming out Friday. The name of the band's Diatheke. Okay. Or I think that I can't remember how they oh my gosh. They're gonna kill me. Um, <laughs> he told me how to pronounce it. I know I'm pronouncing it wrong, but either way, they're incredible. They're absolutely incredible. It comes out Friday. Um they are man, it's like Mastodon if it was more prog metal. You know, oh dude, you have no idea. It's there's four songs. It's a compilation of the first four songs they did. And the songs are anywhere from eight to 13 minutes long. Oh, wow. And, and every single song has like, in my opinion, movements. It's like, yeah, like, I mean, it's like an orchestral piece, every single song. And they're incredible, man. Musically, they're just stupid. Good. Um, but yeah, they, some of those guys are in New York or one of the guys is in New York and two of them are actually from Dallas where I'm from. Okay. Um, Which is weird because I don't even know who they are. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I talked to the guy in New York. uh, I'm supposed to meet up with the two guys from Dallas. Um, But yeah, man, they're solid. Uh, I I would encourage anybody who's into, um, into like prog metal. I, I mean, I would even go as far as to say Coheed and Cambria. Really? Like some of their, yeah, some of their like more experimental stuff, which I mean, a lot of their stuff's experimental, but yeah, they promote, who did they say they sounded or they were giving me the, he told me becoming the archetype is somebody that influenced them pretty big. Okay. And give me a second, man. I don't want to tell you wrong. <laughs> um, and tester
0: and tester. Nice.
1: Uh, scar symmetry. Uh, the human abstract. Um, yeah, you know, just no, it's I mean, that's I like all those bands, so yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely um, but at the same time, it's completely like unique. Yeah. like it does, it doesn't sound like those bands. it's It's really awesome. I, I like them a lot. Um, and then, I did that into the furnace comp and gave those away at a uh, cornerstone, the, not cornerstone. Holy crap. At furnace, <laughs> fest. <laughs> furnace fest. I yeah. gave those away at furnace fest. I had a hundred CDs made. So those are way, 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 uh, rare. And yeah. it's the only physical release for that, uh, living sacrifice cover that oh, I okay. did. Um, cool. so yeah, if, if anybody's watching and wants a copy of that, I got maybe 10 of those left. The rest of them are all gone oh. uh, if you're interested, you can text me or whatever um, or message me or whatever um, so what do I have coming up?
0: There's uh, a couple I want to ask you about too okay that I've seen you post about go oh, go ahead go ahead well one of them uh, if i if I've got the name correct and it, it piqued my interest was um, testimony of apocalypse yes. So if I, am I, am I right in assuming that this basically is sacrament 2.0?
1: Um, it's half of sacrament. Okay. Let's put it that way. All right. It's well, let's say it's two. How many people were in sacrament five or four? I think it was five, right? I think it was five. Yeah. Okay. Let's say it's two fifths. Okay. (laughs) It's two fifths of sacrament. All right. Um, It's Mike, the original singer from Testimony of Apocalypse. Awesome. And it's Paul, who was the drummer for Sacrament, period. Okay. He played for him on Haunts of Violence and Testimony of Apocalypse and Presumed Dead, which is their EP, which, by the way, I'm putting out. I'm putting out the original Sacrament. You're putting out Presumed Dead? Oh, I am, yes. Are you putting out all the
0: albums or just the demo? We'll, we'll talk about that it. maybe later. We'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I please we'll talk about film it in not. a private meeting. Later. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Huh? Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll discuss that later, but I right, will tell cool. you that I am absolutely for sure doing presumed at. That. That's cool. Cause um, I don't
0: have that. And so I'll yeah. have to, I'll have to order and, that. Cause
1: yeah. And the artwork is, um, very, very, um, vintage. Okay. Uh, it's the original artwork and some really killer pictures that of the band that I had never even seen. (laughs) So I was like, this is cool. That's exciting. (laughs) So yeah. So, um, yeah, that's going to come out. I think I'm going to do it, man. I keep saying I'm going to do it next year, like in January or something, but honestly, man, It'll probably come out this year (laughs) because I just, I don't, I can't hold, I can't, I don't have patience to hold stuff like that back, man. Um, But yeah, Testimony of Apocalypse is Mike and Paul. Okay. From Sacrament. And it is um, Nick from, um, he's just, he's been playing with Paul for years. Okay. Um. In like different bands, like he's got a praise band at the church that they played together in. He was actually Paul's student, and then when Paul, when the when he came out and was in college, he kept playing with Paul. Okay. Yeah, he just keep playing with him, and uh, he's into metal. He's into all kinds of metal. He's in Pantera, you know, all the stuff. Um. So he kind of brings like a groove to to the sacrament sound, because I mean, it sounds in my opinion, it sounds like you can hear a sacrament in it, Yeah, but there's groove to it. There's like more groove to it. Um, That's interesting.
0: Cause they were always kind of more of a technical sort of thrash, yeah. you know, more yeah, technical yeah. on the second album than the first, but the first is heavier. So it's good. Like this, like weird right. balance between the two. Yeah.
1: Right. Right. And they do have a, a demo single out that I did that we put out. Okay. And, um, you can check it out, but they just finished the full version of that. And, um, it, it's, it's going to sound way better. Sweet. Um, and in my opinion, the stuff that they already released as a demo, I, I told them when they sent it to me, I said, dude, I'd put this out. Sure. You know, Cause I mean, to me, it sounded fine, you know? I mean, but yeah, he, they're, they're doing, I think 10 songs. So it's oh, going to wow. be, a full, yeah, it's going to be a full length. That's, cool. um, and it'll come out next year, um, but yeah, it was it was an absolute. And I told them this; it was an absolute honor, man, because that those are people that man. I grew up listening to them. I was like fifteen or sixteen when that testimony record came out, and I mean, I'd sit up late at night because they had a show called Radical but Responsible in Austin, mm-hmm. and it was like it was like from mid or 10 to one in the morning or something. Oh, wow. um, and they would play like all this underground metal and stuff. And, um, t- uh, sacrament was one of those bands, you know? So for me, I was like, wow. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> you know? <laughs> sure. So yeah, yeah they, I got I mean, excited
0: just seeing you post about it. I was like, wait, what is this? You know? And, Unfortunately, I ended up getting distracted by something else, you know, before I was right. done reading it. But I, I was like, ah, I'm going to be talking to him, you know, soon, so I'll just, you know, I'll save it for then. But that's super exciting. I mean, I've been a massive fan of Sacrament for a while. Um, I've got I've got both of the out al- full length albums on cassette and uh, CD. I've got the original CDs as well as the uh, the reissues and all of that. Like, um, which I mean. I'm just going to say this. I don't know if you're allowed to say this, but the reissues that were put out were, I didn't like, I did not like those, the CD reissues. Uh, they didn't come with liner notes or like anything. They were in cool, like digipaks, but they weren't like, you didn't have all the stuff. And I remember having that original um, REX uh, haunts of violence and that we, the weird cover and all that stuff. I used to love just like looking through that. Um, Wait till you see the new
1: haunts of violence cover. Mm. There's a cover and it's, it's pretty brutal dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They started sharing with me like all this stuff, you know, That's like cool. stuff that Rex or Rex that REX wouldn't do because, you know, of their distribution and stuff. You well, know? yeah.
0: I mean that back, back in those days, you, you had to be careful what you sent to the Christian outlets and stuff. Yeah. Uh, or they, they, yeah, they, they, Just they wouldn't release it, they'd send it all back to you. And (laughs) exactly right, if you were lucky, they'd send it all back to you.
1: I have heard horror stories of them just getting thrown away, you know. I, I, yes, I can tell you that that's probably happened a few times, believe me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go ahead. So the other band, um, and I don't remember if you were
0: working with him directly or not, but I know that you know, you've got uh, you've got Andy from Embodiment, but then also Mark from embodiment is putting out his own project. Is that something that, and I've seen him post about it, or is that something that you're working with as well?
1: No, no, I'm not really doing that. Um, not for any particular reason, you know, like I said, I mean, I, I, you know, me and Mark go way back, you know, I mean, we don't talk very often at all anymore. We just kind of text back and forth or message each other back and forth every once in a while. But, um, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things where he wants to do what he wants to do. And Andy wants to do what Andy wants to do. And there's no static there or anything. Sure. Um, different ideas. I mean, yeah. You, you know, know yeah. different ideas. I mean, Mark wants to be real organic in the way that he does stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like he records drums live and like, which is, which is awesome. I mean, yeah. That's, I mean, he's, yeah, he's I mean the guy to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and he's got he's got a, a dude playing lead for him that is absolutely bonkers, amazing. Uh-huh. Um, Zach Leaser, and uh, he's got a few records out, and I can tell you right now that if you're into like technical death and stuff, go look him up for sure uh-huh. on Spotify. It's Z A C L E A S E R, and um, yeah, Zach Leaser, and uh, I've talked to that guy for years. i've been like your stuff rules dude you've got to do something with this because it's ridiculous he's so good um but yeah he's so yeah the embodiment of all famines uh does i have nothing to do with them
0: okay yeah i couldn't sometimes i get my i get my wires crossed right No, no you know
1: no the only the only thing that i do is encourage mark to absolutely do whatever he wants to do man yeah. You know, and I've heard the stuff and it's it's good, man. You know, it's good. Um I saw him
0: Sacrifice so yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I wish I could have seen him. <laughs> I was at the uh, I was at the warm up
0: show. I didn't I didn't get to go to the main event, which was Furnace Fest, well, but the main event didn't happen.
1: Yeah. He burned his hand. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yes. The main event did not happen. And that was a way, way big letdown for me, man. Oh, <laughs> okay. I, was really, I didn't realize really... that. I just figured he was there. Okay. No, man. No, he burned his hand uh, at his, I think it was at his bakery. Okay. And um, couldn't do it. Yeah. So I, yeah, I was way, way bummed about that. Nice. Um, they were still great though. <laughs> I wish I would have
0: recorded more I wish I would have caught more video of that show then. Right. Um there was another there was another guy that I met at the show that took he I think he recorded the whole thing on his phone. Um it wasn't much for sound quality. It was outside and you know <laughs> all right. that. But um but yeah, that was uh, it was I remember it being really, really hot. I was surprised they were going as hard as they were because it was it was burning up because I got there in the evening. and uh like it was already starting to get dark it was still really 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 hot outside
1: um right yeah they um their set at furnace was pretty pretty phenomenal yeah you know i mean they never i've never been disappointed by them but this was this was uh definitely i think amped up a few notches you know and it always helps, you know, when there's you know thirty five hundred to four thousand to five thousand people watching them. It does help. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> which is insane. Um, so yeah, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs>
0: uh, it's okay. Um, uh, I uh, you know, I, I was curious too as to what bands you uh enjoyed the most as Furnace Fest as we're kind of wrapping up here. I wanna uh, I wanna get in what you feel like some of the best uh, Furnace Fest performances were.
1: Well, I can tell you that Zayo was probably the tightest that I've ever seen him. Dude, they're they're a machine. Yeah, and that's yeah. not and and that's not taking anything away from Jesse because I mean, dude, I love Jesse. Um, I just reconnected with Jesse about a year ago. Yeah, and I uh, love that guy, man. Um, but they were just. They were, a, they were man. They were a machine. I mean, and they were just loud, 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 man. And they sounded good, and they were into it. Um, the crowd went ballistic. Uh, I'm sure. Josh from Azalea Dying watched the show with me for a while. He was standing with me. Um, and it was amazing just to hear him talk about how much they mean to him. Just, you could yeah. hear it in his voice. You know, you're thinking as they lay dying. I mean, these dudes are like, you know, huge rock you, stars. You, yeah. You, yeah. You, you, you know, um, but yeah, man, I mean, he just could not stop, you know, he was like, dude, what about trash can hands? What about this? What about, Oh <laughs> man, I got just, they got to play this one. I got to hear this one, you know? And I mean, he just, he was just floored, you know, and it was awesome just to be able to experience that. Um, but yeah, they were awesome. Uh, sacrifice was awesome. Um, silent planet was pretty freaking solid. Yeah. Um, August burns red. They were solid always. Yeah. Uh, staves acre was great. That's one that I really disappointed. I missed. Yeah, <laughs> they were great. And it was an added bonus that Jeff was there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I'm trying to think of who else. Mineral was mm-hmm. absolutely breathtaking. That I, I've, I mean, I've been a fan of Mineral forever, dude. I mean, I've I saw them in '97 right after the Power of Failing came out. Yeah, and Ooh. I saw them in a little dive bar. I think it was actually called Hole in the Wall, <laughs> and and Brilliant. it was on the it was on the drag, uh, Guadalupe, um, in Austin. And they played on the floor wow. of this bar, and they were incredible. They they just captivated me, man. The first time I saw them, and I've loved them ever since. Um, so I'd seen them a few times, uh, but yeah. I didn't. I didn't see their reunion um, when they came back a couple years ago. And man, they played, and it was like it, it was it was like a religious experience for yeah. me. And and I don't mean that in a blasphemous way. I just mean that it was it was just emotional, man. Sure. Just to sit there and go, wow, you know, these guys sound like this still, and their songs just. Ugh, Chris Simpson, dude, is excellent. That's all I got to say. <laughs> as, as a songwriter, I love that dude. Uh, you know, I've I've been able to talk to him a couple times just online about Mountain Time and stuff, which is his yeah. new project. Um but they were excellent um, i'll tell you who blew me away and i couldn't even see them i could just hear them
0: deaf heaven oh my god yeah they were they were Dude. the band that i think
1: everybody really they were a sleeper oh my gosh a sleeper the, hit yeah they were unbelievable yeah. i mean the sound I, I wasn't even in the shed i was outside the building yeah and i could hear them and i was like wow These guys are incredible. And um, so, yeah, they were really good. And somebody that I listened to, (laughs) this is a regret, somebody that I listened to after Furnace Fest, but I kept seeing their shirts and I kept going, man, those shirts are kind (laughs) of cool. Dying Wish. Dying Wish. Okay. Yeah. With with that girl singer. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Wow, man, top notch. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish that I would have seen that because that new album that they just put out is incredible, man. The production is just unbelievably good on it, and it just—it's just metalcore. It's just good old metalcore, no, man, with metalcore leads. goodness. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, and her voice is great. She sings and screams. Um. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I regret not seeing them now. <laughs> that's a that's a regret for, sure. for me. Well, I know people uh,
0: had to make a lot of hard choices too, though, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. I didn't get to see, um, and this will probably, you know, some people that watch this will probably want to throw up when I tell them this, but I really wanted get to see it. Thursday, dude. Yeah, dude. I, I wanted What's to see with Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. I wanted to see taking back Sunday. Um, you know, and I just, there were other things that for me took precedent over those because they were people that I knew. Right. Or that, you know, I knew I wouldn't see again. Sure. You know, because probably they were never playing again. Right. Um, oh, Terminal. I saw Terminal. Terminal. Yeah. Awesome. And they were great. And um, I got to talk to those guys. I hadn't seen them in years. Um, and it really meant a lot just seeing them and seeing how far they've come. And I know they're not, I mean, they're not like a functioning band right now. Or I don't yeah. think they are. Um, but man, I mean, I just, I knew those kids when they were letter 12, man, they were like 16 and 15 year old kids. Jeez. And it's, it's just amazing. Like to see Travis and he's like 35 and he's a dude, right? <laughs> you know, he's like, I'm like, I told him, I said, man, you grew up, man. <laughs> he yeah. goes, yeah. <laughs> and he's just, you know, I just, cause I hadn't, man, I hadn't seen those dudes Ryan, I saw because I worked with him somewhere else. Yeah. Like we worked at the same company. So I kind of knew Ryan when he was putting together, Oh, sleeper. Right. Um, but yeah, Travis and those dudes, I hadn't seen them in probably 15 or 16 years. And just to see Travis, you know, and just, I mean, it, that was kind of emotional too, man, you know, just to see those dudes, you know, cause they were so young and to see him now and, just to see them do what they were doing, and I mean, they they would ask me all the time about Pluto. Yeah, <laughs> when they I were bet. when they were letter twelve, and I would just be like, eh. <laughs> you know? get I'd, off I'd my like, doorstep, no, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly, you know, yeah, 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 you know. And now I just see it, and I'm just like, man, those kids came a long way. I'm really proud of them. Um, yeah. but yeah, they're solid. They were solid. Um, oh, holy gold. Okay, yeah, I've seen them live. Yeah. Yeah, the dudes from Norma Jean.
0: I saw them uh, or the uh, with original. Zaya. Yeah, I saw them with Zayo, actually um, two years ago. I think down in Nashville, they they played right before Zayo did. You
1: want to know how far out of this whole thing I was, huh? Dude, I didn't even know they existed. Oh yeah, <laughs> I didn't even know they existed until this last weekend. Oh wow, or at Furnace Fest. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what's holy gold? What is this? And yeah. I like went in and I looked at it and I was like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. This is yeah. Scotty and Durr. Yeah, it's like I the old like, Norma. It's like the old yeah. Line, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, whoa, man. So, yeah, I went back and I checked out their set. And, man, they're great. They're a great yeah. little band. It's like uh, basically, well, I don't know whether I should say this. It's like Norma Jean, but with like a southern boogie thrown in. Yeah, sure. Yeah,
0: you know. Yeah, and, I got. Um, I got that vibe. It's a little bit like. It's a weird way to describe it, but kind of like dirty, like a little sleazier almost like in a way. Not sleazy, as in like for real sleazy, but that
1: sound, you know. Here's the other way that I that I said they sound like Norma Jean with He Is Legend. Yeah, kind of blended into it. Yeah, yeah, with a little bit more that. southern flavor to it, I think. Sure. But yeah, man, they were they were solid, man. But uh, oh, oh, and beloved, beloved, yeah, beloved set was so incredibly good. And the energy in that room from the second they hit the strings was out of control. I mean, it was like just sheer, just waves of energy coming off the stage. Um, so yeah, that was really cool too. Um, and, you did know, you catch, get, uh, f- did you catch few left standing? No, I did not. And I'll tell you why is because it was another band playing at the same time. I didn't never know those guys. Gotcha. You know, so I mean, if somebody was playing that I had known from before, yeah. I, I kind of felt like I needed to see them because it was like a historical thing. Sure, um, yeah, I get that. But yeah, I mean, the other part of it, though, and I want to make, uh, I know that we're running out of time here, but I, I want to I make it very clear to people. If you didn't go to Furnace Fest, and, and I'm not just trying to like, I'm not trying to pull stuff with Chad or anything or try to get some favors or anything, but dude, if you didn't go to furnace fest, you blew it. And I'm not trying to say that to be rude. I'm saying it as a 49 year old guy that hadn't seen these bands and hadn't seen a lot of these guys in a long time. This festival was the best run fest I've ever been to. Um, they had some problems the first day with vendors running out of food or stuff like mm-hmm. that. But I'm gonna tell you right now, Saturday at 10 a.m., there were more vendors and there were more toilets, man. There we go. <laughs> they I mean it was on the spot. Those dudes knew exactly what they were doing and they knew exactly what they had to do. And awesome. it ran it ran smoothly, and everybody that was there was so happy to be there. I mean, they, they were just, everybody got along as far as I'm aware of. I never saw anybody get in a violent fight. Yeah. I mean, they were all, everybody was totally cool. Um, it was crazy, man. I mean, if you guys go to the furnace fest, uh, like friends, Facebook page.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. That's literally what it felt like. They're very positive. Yeah. Yeah. a Very positive group. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that is literally what it felt like, man. It was like the whole weekend was just this big, positive, joyous, just lightning in a bottle captured moment. That's awesome. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, they're doing it again next year. And I can tell you that I absolutely, definitely plan to be involved in some way or fa- way, form or fashion. Um, but yeah, my I, I give kudos to Chad and Mike Zemer and uh that uh, Ryan Luther and anybody else that worked yeah. on that thing because I'm telling you, man, anybody else in their right mind would have gave up two years ago. Sure. <laughs> yeah, when COVID hit, I would have just sent the money back. I would have been nice. like, just take it, <laughs> just yeah. get it out of here. But yeah, no man, I mean they they held out and they did what was right man and that festival is was definitely a highlight of my life. Um and just being able to see and reconnect with, you know, the dudes from Zayo and the dudes from uh from Normagine and yeah. from from Terminal. I mean, it's stupid man. Terminal lives 15 minutes down the road from me and this is the first time I'd seen him in 15 years (laughs) and it was 600 miles away from home. Right. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it just, you know, and getting to hang out with Josh outside of as I lay drawings, dress, drying as I lay (laughs) dying's dressing room. Sure. Um, you know, Oh yeah. One more thing about the label. Um, I've got two projects that are coming up. I haven't even announced them yet. Okay. But I, I did want to say, because it's me kind of sticking my foot out a little more. Sure. Um, there's a band that's been around a while uh, called Red Weather. Okay. And it's kind of like a get up kids. What was the label that had all those kinds of bands? Vagrant. Uh, vagrant, or I mean, they, Victory, they almost, you know, well, yeah, the let's, let's say, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, there we go. Yeah, it, it they kind of sound like an old school vagrant or drive through type band. Uh huh. Um, I mean, obviously with a modern spin, sure, but uh, they're very, very rock and very, very pop. Um, I'm gonna be putting out their CD, that's cool. Um, because, I mean, I've always been into that stuff anyway.
0: Yeah. Just because um, yeah, people have this misconception just because you like heavy music, you must not right. like anything else. Yeah. Right. And then I'm putting out Whom I Serve,
1: which okay. is one of the guys from Moth Altar. Okay. Um, and that is more along the lines of like Deftones, uh, you know, stuff like that. They're screaming and singing both. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so I'll be doing that one as well. I'm about to do that one as well. So I am kind of branching out a little bit, taking some chances as far as that goes. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to say about Furnace Man. Uh, I can't remember. Go
0: ahead. Right. No, it's all good. It's all good. Um, I just wanted to thank you for taking the time out because there's a lot of stuff that I had wondered and like you and I could have talked about all this stuff over messenger, but that sucks. Uh, so, you know, uh, but I, I definitely like what you're doing with the label. And I, I you know, I'm, I'm interested in some of the bands that I haven't heard. And, um, and obviously that testimony of testimony of apocalypse stuff is, you know, <laughs> right. really, really up my alley and hope deferred and all that stuff. And I just think it's cool. I think it's cool that you started off kind of, you doing your own thing. You went away for a while, you came back full circle and you're back kind of, uh, you're kind of back in the thick of it, you know? And I right. think that that is, uh, super cool. And it gives me hope that I can, you know, once I hit 30, I was like, oh, I'm never going to be able to, I'm never going to do anything with music again, you know? Right. Um, and so I, I, I do find people like you inspirational in that, like, it's never too late to do what you like doing or or to, uh, or as I like to call it, taking your fandom to the next level. Right. (laughs) You know, and actually participating.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you know, Andy, I think from Hope Deferred said it the best, man. I mean, he, I was telling him about Furnace Fest and how awesome it was. And he was like, dude, he goes, you need to stop and you need to take it all in because this, it's only going to happen one time, you know? And what he, and what he meant by that was not, it's, it's an experience that you don't want to forget, right. and that's how and that's how he's doing with Hope Deferred. You know, he's like, you know what, man, I have a time limit. I can only do this. You know, uh, it's now. I've got now. I can do this now because I might not have tomorrow to do yeah. this again. And that's kind of how I'm trying to treat everything. And um, you know, that's what I'm trying to do with the label. You know, I, I made a joke. I should have called it Veteran Records because <laughs> I, I just posted something in the Furnace Fest thing the other day. I was like, hey, man, I said, anybody who's 45 years old and wants to write, uh, you know, wants to write adulting hardcore, <laughs> send it to me and I'll put it out, man. There you I go. Said, I said, I'm all about that. I said, we can start a whole new revolution, dude. <laughs> 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 Midlife crisis hardcore. I'm totally down. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for right. sure. All right. I'll quit yammering. Go
0: ahead. No, you're good, Eric. Thanks so much, man. We're going to, I'm going to have links um, to all your stuff kind of in the, in the show notes for the audio podcast, as well as on this video, I'll have to go in and add them after the fact, but um, they will be there. So if you're watching this, not live, then, um, you know, I'll, I'll have all that info for you. A lot of great bands, a lot of cool stuff coming down the pipe. It's got my approval and um, you guys should (laughs) definitely check it out because I think there's going to be some really, really, really cool bands coming
1: coming out here from what it sounds like this year, and some have already come out. (laughs) Yeah. There's one more thing I want to say. Thank you. I want to say thank you to my wife and my family for putting up with my crap (laughs) because (laughs) believe me, it's not not easy. Um, And my wife, I actually met doing music. She was a singer in a band, uh, in a metal band. But, yeah, that's all. I just wanted to say thanks to my wife and, uh, you know, thanks to everybody that supports what I do and what I'm trying to do. And um, just God bless you guys, man, all of you.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, we will catch you guys on the next episode. I don't know when that's going to be just yet, but as you guys know, discography discussion comes out every week, so you're going to have that at least. Eric, thanks again, man, and we uh, we will catch up again very, very, very soon. Absolutely. This has been the Discuss Metal Podcast with Eric Shirey of the Caron Collective. Presented by DiscussMetal.com.